Welcome to Through the Bible with Dr. Buddy Walls. Today's Bible lesson is about confession. Confession. To confess simply means to acknowledge or to admit or own up to. Confession is basically agreeing with God. If we confess sin, we are looking at it from God's viewpoint. And if we are going to profit spiritually, we would have to be honest with two personalities. Honest with God and honest with ourselves. I want to share something with you out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9. Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9. The Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, we can deceive ourselves. We need to be honest with ourselves. And we are going to find out as we look at confession what that involves. Did you know God hates hypocrisy? God cannot use a hypocrite. And the hypocrite is of no use to themselves or the church. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13. The Bible says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. You see, he sees everything, so you might as well be honest when you're talking with God. I said, with God. Too many people today are talking only to God. There is a difference. We need to say it like we... Uh, Mean it and be honest with him. Don't beat around the bush and try to make yourself out a deception. Then you can be honest with God. Now, Christianity today, and you can tell this by just looking around, is just a lot of noise, mainly people hollering their profession. There is nothing real or much in it at all. It is full of deceptions, lies, and cover-ups, kind of like our government. It is true with the Christians and Bible-believing churches because of our humanistic society that we live in, the effects and the effects that it has had on us. We tend to cover for ourselves when we've done wrong and tend to call it less than it is whenever we've sinned against God and look at ourselves. The Bible talks about thinking of yourself more highly than you ought, should think, and that is the way we generally do. We usually think we're a pretty good person and in, in pretty good standing with God, but the truth is many times we are not, and we just deceived ourselves about it. Now, God is faithful to his promises, and he has made us a lot of promises uh, concerning confession. If we do our part, he will certainly do his part of cleaning us up and giving us joy, peace, and blessings in our life for being right with him. Not only uh, does he keep his promises that are positive, but what about uh, the promises that he makes concerning unconfessed sins? The wages of sin is death. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6 verse 23, Romans chapter 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He says if we don't do what we should, then he'll chasten us and his wrath will be on us. 
So those kind of promises are going to be fulfilled just as much as the positive ones. We like to think about God promising blessings to us, but we don't like to think about those negative promises, and they are just as valid as the others are. He is faithful in his threats. God is not like most parents. He doesn't make idle threats. If he says you do that and you don't, then you're going to get a whipping. That is exactly what you're going to get. So, you might as well mark it down because he is not going to back up one bit. God will never say, if I have to tell you that again, he won't do that because he has already told us once and that is the way it should be. So he is faithful in his threats. I'll be in Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. The Bible says, And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and the fourth generation. Look, if we refuse to confess and stay right with God, it is going to cost us and it is going to get us in trouble. Cannot he condemn sin and be holy at the same time? We can deceive ourselves into thinking that by some other means or another we'll get by. We have many reasons that we do things like that wasn't too bad or that won't hurt me too much or God will probably overlook that. At least I didn't kill somebody. But the Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, Galatians chapter 6 verse 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Anytime we sin, and make any attempt, even forgetting to confess to getting away with it, in doing so, we mock God, and we have mocked at the word, very word of God. He is not going to be mocked by us. He is not mocked, neither can he lie, which we'll look at, which we looked at earlier, and we will reap what we sow. Now, of course, God's grace is sufficient, whatever depths of sin that we might get into, but remember what it says in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 13. The book of Habakkuk, chapter 1, verse 13, it says, Thou art a purer eyes than to behold evil, and canst not look on iniquity. Wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and holdest thy tongue? When the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. Look, he is full of grace, but he can't stand sin. And those and those kind of strains at his grace. Whenever we get into sin and refuse to do anything about it. God gives no allowance for at all for sin. He makes no excuses. And allows no excuses for it. And his grace is great as it will not clear the guilty. In other words, it won't clear unconfessed sins. It will have to be dealt with. It is not just going to go away.
Now, to you that are supposed to be saved or profess to be saved, this does not apply to you, but it will help you in your ministry to lost people. The sinner's confession to God is where a confession has to begin. We first have to recognize we are a sinner. We were all born with that sin nature. It'll do you good to confess anything. It won't, it, it'll do you no good to confess anything until you have made the salvation of confession and confessed unto God. So this is the starting point. And a lot of people don't know what it is to confess themselves as a sinner to God because they don't want to face up to the fact they are a sinner. Many people don't mind confessing the fact that they are a sinner to a priest, but when it comes to confessing that fact to God, that's a different story. They don't want to do that, and of course God's will is that everybody be saved. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Bible says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It is God's will that everybody be saved. And of course, everybody is not going to be saved because we have a will of our own. It has to start with us being willing to bow down to God and confess ourselves as sinner to God before there can be any salvation. Now I know the scripture says salvation comes by faith through grace, but what, is but what is confession a part of that has to do with salvation? Repentance. So without confession there can be no salvation. You have to confess, your confess yourself as a sinner because that is essential to salvation, which is essential to having faith in Christ. As long as you have faith in Him, you are not a sinner and you wouldn't need what He did for you. I want to read you something out of the book of Acts chapter 20, verse 21. The book of Acts chapter 20, verse 21. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, there are two parts of salvation. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Repentance and faith is what Paul said he preached. Now, it is essential. Then, what does God say about it? I'll share something with you in the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 13. The book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 13. The Bible says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. You will not prosper if you cover those sins, but if you confess them and forsake them, then he will it says he will have mercy from God. So you see, you have a choice. You can cover a sin or you can confess a sin. If that sin gets covered, what is going to happen then? The Bible says you shall prosper. That means if we commit a sin this morning and go on our merry way and forget about it, now you don't remember it and it is unconfessed, then what's going to happen? 
you are not going to prosper. There is going to be some canceling out of prosperity because of that unconfessed sin. That is what the Word of God said. It shall not prosper. While we are on this subject, you need to understand something. Just because you see people proper financially does not mean they are prospering spiritually. Spiritually, they could end up with a few rewards and many that are lost, even though they are well off financially, could end up in hell. Let me give you an example. Oprah Winfrey. She could, before her last breath, accept Jesus Christ as her Savior. But if she keeps going the direction she is going to, uh, thinking there's a thousand ways to heaven without repenting and asking Jesus to come into her life before her last breath, she will go to hell, regardless of her being the wealthiest woman on earth. Money will not do anybody any good in heaven or hell. I want to read you several verses out of the Bible, uh, of the book of Isaiah and the book of Psalms. I'll be starting in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. It says, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities, like the wind have taken us away. Now I'd like to share something with you out of the book of Psalms. I'll begin in chapter 139, verse 7. Chapter 139, verse 7. The Bible says, Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. These verses tell you that God is everywhere, and there is no place that you can hide from God. Even the darkness is light unto him. If man can design a scope that changes darkness into light, how much more can God see in the darkness? We have examples in the Bible of people who tried to hide sin. And they are examples to us of the fact that you can't get away with it. For example, Achan in Joshua chapter 7 tried to hide his sin. He stole something that went to his tent, dug a hole in the ground, and buried it under his tent trying to hide his sin. But God sent Joshua a ram that he, and he knew right where to dig. You see, you can't hide anything from God. Adam tried to hide his sin. As soon as he sinned, the Bible says, God came walking in the garden, and then he did. When he did, Adam went and hid himself among the trees of the garden, thinking he could hide from God. Cain tried to hide from God through his speech. God said, What have you done? Where is your brother? Cain said, 
I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? I haven't done anything. He tried to hide it by lying and covering up what he had done. Then there is Gehazi, Elijah's servant, tried to cover his sin, but God made it known in the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verse 23. In the book of Numbers, chapter 32, verse 23. But if you will not do so, behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Look, he knows everything that we think. The psalmist says he knows our words even before they are formed in our tongue. So there is no hiding from God. Trying to hide sin will never deliver you from the wrath of God. It will never get you out from under punishment and unconfessed sin. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh, of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So if we try to cover it, it will not prosper. But if we confess it, what happens then? Well, he said, that person shall have mercy. Psalm 32, 1. Psalm Chapter 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now here he is talking about God covering it, not the person covering it. You turn it over to God, then he covers it and does away with it. He buries it and it is gone forever. So if you cover your sin, you won't prosper. But if God covers it, you will prosper because he covers it with the blood of Jesus. Proverbs chapter 32 verse 5. Proverbs chapter 32 verse 5. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Selah. He had mercy extended to him, and God covered his sin. The same is true with us when we don't try to cover our sins. Notice what happened when he did cover his sin. Psalm 32, chapter 32, verse 2. Psalm chapter 32, verse 2. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long, for the day and night thy hand was heavy upon me, my moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Selah. You see, when he tried to cover it, kept silent, tried to hide his sin, and didn't tell God about it, he said it affected him inside. It messed him up. When he finally told God about it, in, in fact, in verse 4, he is continually uh, talking about the trouble that it caused him. And then in verse 5, he confessed it. He uncovered it. Then God extended mercy. And God covered it. God took care of it. Would he not do the same for us? I want to ask you one more question before I close. Are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven? Now, if you're 99% sure, guess what? That will not work. Did you know God wants you to know that you're going to have eternal life? 
He says in the book of First John, chapter five, verse eight, verse thirteen, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. But the very first thing we have to do is admit that we're a sinner and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you, and I repent of that sin. That means you have to give it up. Look, you can repent a thousand times, won't do you a bit of good until you forsake that sin, give that sin up. But when you tell the Lord, uh, I recognize I'm a sinner and I repent of that sin and I ask you to come into my heart and my life, he will do exactly what he said he would. He said he would do that. You know, we ask not, we receive not. All we got to do is ask that and believe what Jesus Christ done on the cross that he went to the grave, rose again the third day, that we could have eternal life. If we believe that and repent of our sins and believe that, he will save us. And guess what? God has never lied. He has never told a lie. I hope you enjoyed this. Dr. Buddy Wall signing off.